0: We have started our Premier League predictions video. So we are probably a week late with this one, but, you know, some personal stuff meant we couldn't get around to it until after the game week started, which actually kind of is a big benefit for us because definitely for me, it's probably cost me some outlandish takes that would make me look silly at the end of the season. So it's probably saved me a little bit there. I don't know about you guys. Uh, Have you guys changed your sort of predictions since this sort
1: of weekend of games? Slightly, yeah, slightly.
2: Yeah, I definitely, definitely have. I think, I think, that like with everyone, in the top eight it was really difficult to do, just because it's kind of a toss up. I think that's where I probably changed the most, but mm-hmm. everything else should probably be similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we can just get straight into it. So, top four predictions. I think we'll start with top four, and then we'll we'll run through Europe to start with. So we've just got a different sort of questions to run through. Uh, so yeah, we'll do top four in order to start with, and I'll just say mine, and we'll hear the rest. So I've got right now. City top, Arsenal second, Newcastle third, Liverpool fourth.
2: Um yeah. I've got I've got Man City, Arsenal, Newcastle, then Chelsea.
1: Okay. Um I guess I, did, I probably should have made one more change after watching that United game, but I've got City, Arsenal, United, then Chelsea.
0: Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Okay. I mean I, I, for my first outlandish take that's been saved, is I actually had Spurs in my top four. Um, and you know what like i've really again i think Ange did show a lot in that first game but one thing as well that i need to settle down with is there's still a lot of work as well that was clearly needing to be done which was clear in that game a lot of positives but also a lot of you know things to work on which is now why i've dropped them out of my uh, top four but anyways the other teams i think you know let's just start off with the, the title challenges we all have city at the top are we all very confident in that
1: yeah, yeah, relatively, unless like some big injury happens to like Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne and just like the team collapses, but I still don't even see that happening.
2: Yeah, yeah I'd say I'd say without, I mean, with Haaland, it's just very difficult to go against City. Um, the only time I really say that's possible is if he got injured, so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's very much it. Haaland getting injured because just him alone you know, I think with, with Pep's team, you can guarantee a solid defence. With Haaland, you can guarantee goals. And then, yeah, for sure, there's leaks and stuff in mid- midfield, maybe out wide. You could argue for sure, like maybe they won't be as dominant as last season uh, or a periods last season. Um, but yeah, it'd be very, very difficult for a team to, you know, to overtake them. So yeah, I think it'd be, especially as you look around the league, especially I think when you look out of it, all the rest of the team have, all the other teams kind of have these small sort of issues as well, which would make it very difficult to to overtake City. But yeah, so second, we have Arsenal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So well, what are your, what are you guys' thoughts for that? It's
1: the, the, the the second best team in the league as they were last season, um, arguably could say that they bottled it. But at the same time, like I don't see any other team really competing with them unless due to injuries or some tactical mishap that Arteta can have, which we've seen in the past. So, I mean, yeah, they, they're second best in the league to the best team in the world at the moment. So like, there's no one really stopping them at this point from what I can see. Like United was pretty awful. Newcastle looked very good. Chelsea, just no Europe maybe, but like uh, Liverpool, I don't know. They need to sort out midfield now, but they've been robbed twice. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, just Arsenal just looked second best team in the league. And, Nothing else is really coming close to them. Yeah, I, th- I think
2: that's fair. Um, I think
0: yeah, the only I've team. Got... Oh wait, Sorry, I've got a question to ask now. So Arsenal okay. got eighty-six points last season. Are you going over or under on points?
1: Over under? How many did you say? So they got eighty-six last season.
2: I'll, I'll probably go under.
1: Yeah, go. it's safe. To... i just safe for the embarrassment for what ten months from now. Mm-hmm. I'd just say under. But I mean, if they go over, we have like like a similar deadline or like a similar like final day of the season where we saw Liverpool and City battling for what was that two years ago, Mm -hmm. two two seasons ago. Yeah, something like that could happen. That'd be very interesting.
0: Yeah, like that's the thing. I just don't I don't think I can see Arsenal being the same way that Liverpool were a couple of years ago where they were just absolute mammoths. You know, like every game for at least the last six months of the season, it was win, 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 win for both teams. And yeah, I just can't like arsenal were that for the first six months but i don't know if uh i don't know if that team right now is is the same
2: i think it's also fair to say tom that um the, the times of having 90 point seasons are probably behind us at least for the next couple of years just because there's so, there's so much competition in the league at the moment like the first <laughs> top 10 teams are all all a difficult place to go and play so i don't know i I'd, I'd expect the winner of the prem this year to barely reach 90 or just uh maybe a bit below uh, like it kind of was, you know, five ten years ago. Um,
0: I mean, you do say that, but if you you know we haven't, we'll get there. But if you look at the sort of bottom six, seven, eight sides in the Prem this this season, it's arguably the worst it's been in the last sort of four years. Um, down the bottom end of the league, so I think home in a way there's literally zero excuses for those top two to not be picking up six points um, against those sort of teams. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, it's possible. It it will just be more balanced, in my opinion, but I don't think that's fair. It doesn't really matter much anyway. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I was going to say, Tom, on Arsenal was that um, if, you know, Newcastle's impressed me with the transfer business they've made too. It's been um, somewhat, in, instead of kind of bulking the side in, in certain positions, they've just been really getting in solid depth. And now they've got basically got a front line they can replace that is just as good as this first front line. They've got a great midfield. They've got guys like Livermento in who can uh, substitute for Trippier who he will need breaks during Europe. Um. so if if anyone's going to push for second I think it's Newcastle but being their first season in Europe it might just be a bit much
0: Yeah, no, on Newcastle for sure like, I mean, every question about Eddie Howell he's probably just answered emphatically on that opening day like, I think there was a lot of questions about you know, could could they compete again for top four again uh, you know, obviously he got a lot of output last season out of his players and yeah, it looks like he's doing the exact same again this season but, you know, yeah, as you said great, great squad as well A bit of an issue is that the centre backs outside of their first two, I think it's like Paul Dummett is like their third, you know, third choice guy coming in if there's an issue, and that is a major, major drop off if there's any injury to Share or Botman, Um, and that's similar to like what Arsenal had with Saliba going out last season. And you know what? Honestly, with this Newcastle team right now, if they can keep Botman and Share fit, they could be the Arsenal of last season. Like, there's literally no reason why they can't go on an insane winning one um but yeah it it is managing ucl as well is going to be a bit tougher but one thing to note is this season is it's not like last season with ucl because of the world cup it was ucl last season was every single week because of the world cup break but this season they have a two-week break in between so it's slightly easier to manage for the for the for
1: the manager you know yeah for sure yeah, yeah. i think i mean yeah but what do we have next is top eight um
0: Yes. Yeah, so actually, we can talk. Do you want to talk about Chelsea? Because you've got them in your top four. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for them, it's I've just, got them it's just well. no European football. Yeah. I think it's just yeah. that. And then we've also just solidified Moises Caicedo, who offers immense backup in midfield um, for for Enzo. And then potentially getting Romeo Lavia as well when playing those three in a midfield is just absolutely disgusting. From going to, to a midfield of last season of Connor Gallagher, Mason Mount. And Enzo to now Enzo, Caicedo, and Romeo Lavia, like three of the most promising midfielders in the world, one who just won the young player of the tournament at the World Cup. It's just it's fantastic. And we've needed that midfield re- revamp for for some time now. So yeah, I think they'll offer us a lot of cover. We have Levi Colwell now, Diazsi, uh, Baddy Thiago Silva, who still looks immense. Um, and then Malagusto offering cover for Reese James and then Chilwell on the left with cover from Ian Matson and Kukurea. Just got Robert Sanchez in, and potentially now another keeper since Kepa's is going to be gone. Um, but the only reason why I'd say maybe not top four is just because Nkunku's out until the new year, most likely. Yeah, I think
0: that would be that's my biggest.
1: So that's that's the only. Right. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that's holding us back. But at the same time, um, got Madueke Sterling, who looks very average, Mujic, who's just got to come and find himself a little bit more. I, mean, I think I think started.
0: that's harsh on, on Sterling. I actually think he did a really really good good job against Liverpool. I know for sure that like, last season he was very poor, but I think yeah. he took on, took on that role in uh, in being the sort of provider and cre- and creativity aspect in in that game. Because I mean, yeah, you take out on Kunku, and you know you look at last season Sterling. I think there's a lot of issues with creativity in that team, outside of Reese James and and uh, and Chilwell, who are who are fullbacks. So I think when it's guys like Chukwemeka Gallagher you know Enzo expected to do things from midfield it's a bit tougher to sort of get those edge chances but you know what Jackson's a much better striker than what you had last season and he's kind of able yeah. to create opportunities on his own like there was one chance last weekend where like it was a simple ball over the top but what Jackson did was he just simply drived at goal which was something that you just didn't have last season and just a, a striker that just picks up the ball and drives at goal had a shot didn't go in but it was a good effort and but it was just good good all-round striker playing i think that was really promising
1: yeah no absolutely and i, I also think chuck Lumenko will offer more now that uh now that nkunku's out and he's someone who i thought should have started the majority of our games last season and for some reason just never got the, never got the minutes so having him now in a more prominent role with nkunku out is going to be absolutely massive he offers us so much physicality wise but also his. His, his IQ for the game and reading it in the final third when he's progressing the ball sometimes or just looking for outlets out wide is so much better than what we've seen in the past. Like we had Mason Mount there for a while and Kai Havertz a little bit doing something similar. And it just, it doesn't look the same. Like throughout preseason, he's looked a world's difference from what we've had in the past. So it's yeah. it's nice to have that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, Chilwell, not Chilwell, uh, Colewell had a fantastic game. Huge, exactly, huge, huge, Uh, you know, promising talent there. But yeah, no. Did you guys have Liverpool in your top four?
2: No, I had Chelsea with Newcastle and Arsenal. I, I'm in agreement with Pierce basically on all of that. Yeah. Um, all you guys needed was <clears throat> like kind of. I think I put, I think I put Chelsea as my uh, finish. Was it second or third where we talked about the hot takes? I think it was second, I said. But the only reason I was basically saying that was I thought they had a really good core already. So just kind of needed to plug in two to three players. And I mean, Lavia, Casado, it's it's pretty much as good as you get in this market right now. Um, Just splash. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of hope for Chelsea. We'll see if Pochettino can do it without a cuckoo, like you guys just said.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. So, um, yeah, you guys didn't have Liverpool in your top fours. <laughs> Every two seasons, not in the top four. So how come? They're, uh... they're,
2: yeah, they were in my fifth. They were fifth for me. So it was Chelsea and Liverpool back to back, which I'm sure you got close to each other as well. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, got, I've, got I've,
1: I've actually just rotated Chelsea and Newcastle. I've got Newcastle yeah. first. <laughs> I mean it's
0: interesting with with Liverpool because it seems like they've now missed out on Caicedo and Lavier, like two pretty pretty big losses there. Um you know they're going to have to go and find this elite DM from somewhere. Um and then also I mean we know their attack is insanely good. Um but they're in the Europa League which they may they will be expecting to win. Uh, for sure expecting to win with the amount of money that they spent on this team this season and in previous years. Um, so yeah, that that yeah. could have a cost on their, you know, on their run of form because they'll be playing a lot of games.
2: Uh, Liverpool confused, yeah. confused me a bit. I, I, like watching opening day, I just, I, I don't even, I feel like Chelsea were kind of, not there for the taking, but there's definitely a lot of disconnection in the team. I'm like, not, not really sure um, exactly what your starting lineup is and Chelsea kind of not dom. I'm not going to say dominated that game because Liverpool had plenty of chances, um, but like they felt in control for a lot of different periods of time. Um, Liverpool kind of had small periods where they they were attacking, kind of getting a lot of efforts on goal. Um, they just couldn't seem to really get the ball in the midfield and like hold it, um, keep it spraying out to Salah and to Diaz. I also think the striker is a problem. Um, I actually liked Darwin when he came on in in game week one, but. He, he's, he's still just a bit disconnected from everyone else. He kind of does his own thing. I don't know if you guys were watching when he came on, but yeah. he's just dribbling everywhere. And, like, I love it. I really do. He causes chaos on the pitch completely. But it's, like, chaos, but doesn't know when to get rid of the ball. The decision-making's a bit off. Um, so if they can figure out that striker spot, whether it's Gakpo or... Um, Nunez or Yota, which I think are all really good options, but they got to figure out one that works and helps the team kind of tick.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
0: think I have a feeling all season is going to be a bit of a rotating pair there, because yeah, I don't think I don't think, I mean, they're just playing so many games that it's just gonna, and they're gonna score so many goals that they'll just sort of be in and out, and they won't ever really find their best striker unless Darwin just, you know, goes and explodes, which he is very capable of. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and also defence, big issue, big, big issue. Get caught, they get broken into a bit easily at times. Um, yeah. yeah, and that could be a problem. I mean, that, that,
2: DM, that DM has to come in. Um, yeah. Somebody has to come in. I, I don't know who it is in this market right now, but if someone has to come in, because obviously there's a massive gap there in sort of, someone to sort of protect the back line. Yeah, I think it's
0: possible that uh, that Liverpool could go in for someone like Choumane. A lot of midfielders at Real Madrid, and they could sort of put in an offer that Real can't refuse. They were going to do a hundred for Caicedo, so just throw that hundred. Yeah, so you know they know the cash is
1: there. That's the thing is they know they have it. Yeah. It's just yeah, they got to find the right person. But I saw a thing on Twitter that Chiumini, uh liked the tweet about him saying he's going to stay. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. But oh, no, I leave. think it was
2: so, like, yeah. it was like, Real said they're not for sale and he liked tweet.
1: Yeah. 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 Something like that. So I think he's probably out of the equation. I sort of see a reason why he'd want to leave. He started on what was it, Sunday? Yeah. One Saturday. Did, yeah. Like,
2: no, exactly. it's, it's, I mean, a tough one. to be fair, if they get 110 or whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Hundred, like, I
1: mean, what they buy him they, for? They, the dead they, last year, yeah. they bought him for like 180 or something like that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Make Who? a profit
1: on him in like a season and a half. That's insane many. yeah, they bought him for like 80, right? Oh, was yeah. he? I didn't realize he was that expensive. Maybe, yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah maybe it's no. slightly less, but maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. It was like 75.
0: I mean, they, like if they if Real Madrid want to buy Mbappe this year, that could be the, the way to sort of fund that. Um, but yeah, no, anyways, um, who else did you guys have Spurs anyway? Near where did you guys have Spurs?
2: I, I actually, you know, I really like the Sanchez team, um, but like you said. Uh, especially when I was a bit premature putting them to put in the top four. I, there's obviously still a lot of issues. I actually think the team's quite good. At least the first starting lineup's decent. I don't even think the defense is, is that bad. They brought in that Dutch guy, and he seems pretty decent, or at least from what i watched Uh, watched against Brentford. Um, but they're going to score a lot of goals. It'll be entertaining, but I don't know if the results will necessarily be there. I'd put them at eighth after Villa and United. So.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, have, I had Spurs in eighth as well, and then I had... It was Newcastle fifth, Liverpool sixth, and Villa seventh.
0: Yeah, now I think, yeah, Spurs, Spurs are going to be a work in progress. But yeah, I think when they do have their best two centre backs out there, Romero and Van De Ven, there's a you know very strong pairing, there's no uh, you know, there's not not any big issues there like they've had in the last seasons with with really bad centre backs like Eric Dyer. But, you know, is midfield, they're playing um, what's his name? Uh what's his name? Young English guy.
1: Um, oh oh yeah um he's got the bug guys. what's his name God, what's his name started oh. in,
0: whatever they're, they're playing one of their whoever it was playing next to madison probably just isn't that quality and they need to bring in another midfielder to replace him but yeah still, Oliver Skip. skip Oliver awesome. skip was it yeah it, yeah
2: was it him that played it was yeah, in,
0: yeah. the roaming eight, and he just sort of the game passed him by he really had a poor poor game uh, so, yeah, there's still a lot of improvements to do for them, but I still have them sick. I think they'll do they'll do enough to get that. And actually, we didn't speak about United, just completely missed them. Um, what did yeah. you think of the game tonight?
2: I mean, you know, they were pretty poor, but generally they'll be all right. As we saw last season, they were pretty good. They got solid players in the team. Like, it'd be very surprising to see them not do well. Um, I, I think them and Liverpool will be right next to each other. They'll be pushing each other. Um, I can see them both somewhat underperforming but also still getting into Europe and pushing for the top four, uh, maybe falling a bit short. But it, there was, I, I don't know what was particularly wrong with that United team today. I think I'd like to say that it was less on United and it was more on Wolves playing a very, very good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I mean, genuinely, like, uh, watching Cunha and, and Sarabia like, run at their back line was quite entertaining. And I know that, that United play a, a certain style that kind of um, lets... That definitely lets teams in and, and exposes their weaknesses at the time. But Sarabi and Cunha perfectly and Neto as well perfectly like countered that kind of um and gave Wolves a ton of room to go. So I, I think we've got to wait maybe a game another game week or two to really see if United can can get their football going again.
1: Yeah, do you know what it yeah, I mean yeah, they, they started off slow last season, or they were they lost what, four two to Brentford and everything. Like they they eventually start to figure it out. Just their midfield today was so lopsided. It was unbelievable. Like one guy would like, who is it? Not Matthias Cunha, the other, uh, the other midfielder. He had it, and they like all three of them ran to the ball side, and it just left them wide open. Hence, why he was able to run through everyone at times. Like he was just, it was unbelievable. Yeah. There was no organization whatsoever.
2: Yeah, Nunez had a really good
1: game in midfield. Cunha, yeah, 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 yeah that's him, Matthias Nunez. Do you, know, do you a, know what it was today that United
0: play. really, really had an issue with? It. it. was just they got zero output from their wingers. Like, God, that he mm-hmm. I do rate him, but he had a very, very poor game today. Had you know tomato had him in his pocket all game, didn't beat him. Yeah. One. Uh it was class as well. Side.
1: Like that whole team was unbelievable.
0: Anthony, I mean, and I don't rate Anthony at all. And he had a dreadful game. He did absolutely nothing of you know of good. And when when you stick Rashford Rashford up top, you lose you lose just his ability to get on the ball and run at defenders. That's just one problem. Like Rashford He's a a good goal scorer, but he's not someone who picks up good positions in the box and is clever. Uh, He's just, honestly, it's more so that he likes to get the ball wide and just pick it up and just run and stretch his legs get him behind, which he can't really do in the striker role. And, you know, Bruno, that just meant Bruno had no one to play it to. You know, I think, uh, does Hoyland fix that problem? Again, I don't know. We've been speaking a lot about this, where I think now it creates an issue where Hoyland and Rashford are now making the same runs. Um, which is slight, slight issue because I, I just think Rashford would do best if it was a guy who was a bit of a, a bit of a bigger striker to you know win big, win high balls and bring him into into play. But yeah, that's what I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have United outside of my top four for that reason. They've got you, they got UCL football. I just don't think they're that coherent, and they've got a few too many issues right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree uh, with all that. i I've rashford was so poor for me today. Um, I, I think I mean, generally, when he's up top as well, he doesn't, doesn't even act like a striker, he acts like a winger again. Um, even when the ball comes into him in really tight spaces, like up against the center backs, he's like trying to immediately turn, um, and kind of go towards or, or be in a position where he can shoot and turn and go. But it, it and in so many of these instances, it's not what he should be doing, just playing as a hold up at times is what he should be doing um and trying to get his wingers into it so that he can get space himself. But the problem was every time he got it, he kind of ball hogged it. Um and didn't allow his wingers to come into the game. And so Manu just looks so static. But we'll move on from United now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um no that that was no so fair. Um who else are we missing? I think we've done most of it. Villa. All I think all of us yeah. are in their top seven. But yeah, you're not not put off by the opening day.
1: No, no. no. no, no I think putting no. Newcastle
2: just... are top team, but that's, that's about yeah. it.
1: Newcastle exceeded expectations but I still had them to win that as well. Yeah,
2: I, I'm not sure where Villa Brighton I'm not sure which one does better this year. Um yeah I mean I
0: don't know I don't think so. I think Villa in terms of player quality because of Brighton's sales this this summer are now just another level to Brighton. I think you look at the midfield for Brighton versus Luton, Milner, De Hood, like are they really a, are they really a as good as you know what Villa have, I don't. I don't think so. I'm not. I'm actually really not impressed by those transfers. To be honest, I mean, obviously the Brighton scouts you know a thing or two, maybe more than me. You would say, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I just think those those transfers are not not uh really the ones to replace. You know, Caicedo, McAllister, two of the best performing midfielders in the league. I just think that's a big downgrade.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it definitely is a downgrade. I, I think they're going to rely on their attack a lot this year to to finish well and get goals. Evan Ferguson with Jao Pedro and Matoma March behind him it excites me a lot. But you know, Evan Ferguson's not even been given that starting spot yet. It, come come to November, I'd be very surprised if he's not starting. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah,
0: exactly. There's no there's no doubting that Brighton attack. That is a beautiful attack. Um, loads of options now as well. They've brought in even more options. So yeah, they'll be able to compete on all fronts uh yep. with them and yeah solid defense you know deserve be Brighton they're always going to be a solid defense so yeah they'll they'll be good on those on those fronts but yeah uh and so yeah
2: on to the relegation
0: um yes is that our next one relegation yep. I've got Luton Sheffield and
2: Fulham oh I like the Fulham shout've I've gone for wolves instead of Fulham um which I I was saying I, I I've been on the Fulham part for a while now because first of all watching Marco Silva I just think he doesn't last that long his, his tactics get figured out really quickly mm-hmm. he does well his first year at the Club and then tails off and watching that Fulham against Everton was shambolic, they were awful I think it's also fair to say that Pereira and Mitrovic um, didn't start for them which is their two best players and the guys that they heavily relied on last year um, and Marco Silva is like that where he finds like a pairing or a group of one or two players that kind of carry a team and he goes with them the entire season. Um, so when things get shaked up, he's not he, he's not very good at reacting to it. But if if they're both gone, or if, if Mitrovic is gone, which I don't even know if that's going to happen anymore, um, then I think they'll have a lot of issues. If he stays, then I think they can be okay. But yeah, yeah. I, I've got the exact same Wolves instead of Fulham. And I think Wolves and Fulham are both very similar in their reasoning for relegation.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm the same as you, Tom. I've got Fulham, Sheffield, and uh, and Newton as well. So yeah, I mean, I think
0: I do, <laughs> I do agree. Vanity.
1: A lot of it is reliant on Mitro going,
0: which actually, yeah, it doesn't. We're not. We're not too sure what's happening on that front. And then another one. I mean, maybe Liverpool will go for Polinia. He's a you know one of the best DMs in the league. Obviously, very expensive, but in the end, the Mitrović fee that Saudi Arabia were going to pay was like thirty-five or forty, which is mm-hmm. very low. So you have got to think that like. You know, if Liverpool inquire, maybe Polina does the same thing and sort of refuses to play, and then that brings that price down. So, yeah, you never know with these sort of things. Like, football moves fast and these prices drop. But, yeah, Wolves, I mean, Everton, your team, Thomas, do you think they stay up?
2: I I think we do stay up. I think this week was a terrible result. But um, I think we showed, without even having all our transfers to the window, we have no wingers. We literally have zero wingers. We played a 4-5-1 with five centimetres. and we were very solid. Um, I thought we played quite well. Literally, Neil Malpé is just an awful finisher. Um, to be fair, Patterson and Di miss big chances themselves. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we'll be perfectly okay. Especially Dom wasn't even there. And when he's back, it's sort of a bit more confident. The ball will end up in the back of the net. Um, and the midfield's very, very strong. I think Dyke will sort out the, the back line, as he usually does with most teams. Um, so it's all kind of complementing each other to a certain extent. Now I think the players we're bringing in make sense. too. Jack Harrison is perfect for someone like Dom cabot Lewin. I think Jack Harrison's had more goals and assists in the past two years than any Everton player, um, or maybe even longer than that. Wow! Um, so he, oh, he'll wow. be he'll literally be he'll literally be our biggest goal threat um, on the team. Like he, no doubt he will be. Wow. Um, so he'll he'll come in and slot in straight away. So I I don't have an issue with us, but. Um, if we have a poor start to the season, which is very possible because the team has only just really got, we're just starting to buy people and the team's only sort of coming into its own with DCL coming back. Um, if we don't get good results at the start where it, our fixtures are a lot easier than it is come October, then we might be in trouble. Because we could be, if we have a bad start, that we could be in the relegation zone by December.
0: No, yeah, exactly. I think one, one player who's a huge loss for you guys was Demario Gray. Like, not that his output was particularly special, but just in games, he was always the outball. He always managed to just drag drag the team beyond the halfway line. The occasional, you know, long distance goal from absolutely nothing. And, he, you know, when someone like calvert Lewin's is not playing, but those kind of little things just make such a huge difference in the sort of game when you can drag your team up the pitch, score, you know, keep defences on their toes because you're able to score long shots. He was probably one of the best long shot takers, you know, in the league. And yeah, it's just, uh, I think that's a huge loss.
2: Yeah, I I think I'm definitely kind of in agreement with that. As a player, I'm disappointed he'd left. But realistically, I don't think Dyke wanted to use him at all. Slash, I don't think he fits in the system in any way. Um, So I think it was one of those, which kind of sucks. But um, if we get 15 mil or whatever it is, we bought him for 2.5, like what, a year or two, two years ago. Um, So it's good business. Good for the FFP, which we struggle with. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, but yeah, I guess we can move on from relegation unless there's other teams that we feel like Actually, we I, mean,
0: I mean, we can talk about Luton or Sheffield yeah. do you think they can stay up there at, at any point?
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw Luton's business this summer was a bit um, uh, I'm not going to say premature well, it, it, was, it was more like they were not really going all out, like we've seen promoted teams do in the past couple of years as soon as they get the Premier League money, they're kind of doing everything they can to stay in um, I don't mind Luton's approach, but uh, I mean, th- I think their most expensive signing is like, it's like 10 mil, 8 mil, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be hard just to generally compete in the, in the Premier League with that little money floating around your squad. Um, but we've, we've seen worse happen. I mean, in the Premier League, I feel like when you get to the bottom five, like those teams are mostly capitulating. And like if Luton are, you know, happy to lose game after game after game, but still pick up a win here and there, um, I'm sure they'll be in with a shout with the likes of Everton, Wolves, Fulham, Sheffield, as we're saying. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think like Luton just seemed to be just, you know, fairly just building a team to, to be very strong in the championship next season and come up because they clearly know that they, you know, they got slightly lucky. They came up very well, but the team's just not ready for Premier League football. And that's fair enough. So they're getting themselves in a position to be a yo-yo team, which is, yeah, Luton standards, you know, it's a brilliant, brilliant position to be in, um, and yeah. but then on the other end, I think Sheffield United just, yeah, not lost some of their best players, not really signed particularly great, could be in a bit of trouble. Even their fans are not, don't even have the best of hopes, and that's never a
2: good sign. Yeah, didn't S- Sander Burge, uh left as well, didn't he? Which is mm. it re- is really weird considering yeah. it's a Burn, like why, why would they sell to their. I mean, I, I don't know. People say really Burnley is a relegation candidate, but they fully are, if we're being honest. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. That really doesn't make much sense to me. But
0: I mean, apparently they've signed this guy to replace him, Gustavo Hamer, who championship fans will say that he's better than Sandberg. So maybe that's some good business that they've done there. So
2: never know. I yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, apart from that, is there anyone else that we feel is a relegation candidate?
0: Um, who have we missed? Bournemouth, I think Bournemouth are, are going to be a bit are going to be good this season. Done mm-hmm. done a lot of good business. Uh shouldn't well, be the team that they were last year. Yeah.
2: Forest is possible, but I think Gibbs White and Johnson's perfectly enough to stay up in the Premier League. Oh, if I get Johnson, yeah. if what about I, Wolves? Even though we well, saw either, them play either, well today. Ever,
1: Wait, sorry. What about Wolves? How, even though we saw them play well today against United. Um,
2: I mean, yeah, I. I I think with Wolves we saw it we literally yeah. saw it today that they don't have a true striker um which is gonna be an issue
1: well they have that uh, what's a the guy there's so, sasha klaadsic or whatever it, yeah. think he's like yeah, we'll, see he star. Star. we'll see if he becomes first
0: we'll see if he becomes first but I think I mean I think yeah. I mean they they're they are just very they're still just very decent in defense in midfield and I think that's just enough to keep them in games and then they can just win games one nil which is a lot better position than needing to win three two to get the three points. Which in these sort of relegation fights is a bit, it's quite a bonus. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I can agree with
0: that. Yeah. Uh, what was our next one? It was.
2: Top oh, score outside Haaland.
0: Yeah, okay. So we obviously know Haaland's going to be top scorer. No finalists. <laughs> so who do we have outside of that?
1: Yes, um, got... For me, I've got, I've got Mo Salah.
2: Hmm.
1: Just. Proven Prem goal scorer. And like, even though he was, I guess, what more of the facilitator against Chelsea in a way, uh, I still think he's going to back a ton of goals. No, no problem. Um, but yeah, I had Harry Kane in there, but men decided to go to Germany and maybe win some trophies. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I don't. I, I mean, Sal is the obvious pick if I'm just going to put an odds on one. Um, yeah. I'd um, love, love to be around. And say either Nico Jackson or um or Richarlison, uh, if Spurs don't sign anyone. Um, I think <laughs> I think Richardson, I think with Andrew's set up, just the amount of goals that Spurs wind up scoring this season, I think Richarlison could get to 15 if he wants and 20 if he really is feeling like a crazy season. Um but Nico Jackson's like very possible just because and Cuckoo's out. Uh, I don't I don't see a reason you'd ever bench him now, Piers, because there's not that many options, to be honest, up top for you guys. Um, and he's had a very solid start. He looked lively against Liverpool. Um, I, I'd be surprised if he went out. And so you guys are going to be looking at him for the goals as everything's going to be pumped through him. And then when Nkuka yeah. comes back, I like, think that doesn't hinder him. It, it more boosts his level. Yeah, um, I would so. agree with
1: that. And our, our only cover there is maybe even, what, Armando Broja, who's coming back from a torn ACL. Yeah, yeah but like, that's...
2: That's yeah, and that's, they're not they're not, yeah. not
1: going to challenge each other. That's hard, hard to look away stuff from. Is gone. Hard to look away Yikaku, from Salah no more. Yeah.
0: Hard to look away from Salah, but do you know who is another good option? Isaac. Um I mm, know we yeah. have some minutes taken away from him from from uh um from what's his name? Uh, Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, from Callum Wilson, but at the end of the day Newcastle scores so many goals and he'll he should still be good for 70 odd minutes in these games and you know what he only
1: yeah, needs abso- yeah absolutely I mean he, uh, Isak would uh, Isak's one I want to bring in in FPL as well like he'd be absolutely
2: quiet. I I'll, I agree with you Tom I think he'll easily hit 12 uh, plus goals this season if he got 15 plus he'd be had a very 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 good season but I'm not sure that's enough to be second top scorer But I mean I think he is. could
0: even push more than that in all honesty like look at the amount of goals yeah. score. he was injured a lot of last season if he can stay fit you think you can yeah. be pushing eighteen to twenty. There's no reason you can't. Like guys like Danny Ying's and stuff were Jared Bowen, were getting fifteen at eighteen. There's no reason Isaac in a very, very high scoring team can't get twenty.
1: Yeah. No, I mean yeah. it's just it's all it's all about the rotation. I think anyhow will figure it out, especially with Europe, depending on what he wants to do with Wilson and, and Isak. Yeah.
2: Um I also a very outside shout Um but it seems to me, especially from what the game week one lineup was from Man City that I don't, I don't think Alvarez is going to be a bench option this year. I think yeah. Pep is planning to play uh, him and Holland together, mm-hmm. um, and so especially with KDB out, he'll be playing for the next month or two oh. um, consistently. But if I mean playing off of Holland, I don't know how much easier it gets for chances. Like you're just picking up scraps at anything that goes towards him. There's three different centre backs marking him. You're just out there on your own, just wandering the box, and you just tap everything in. I mean, it's a simple job really for Alvarez um so i mean if he he should I, i'd expect him if he stays fit to get 15 goals um if he really wants to he can go crazy with it
0: yeah no no definitely that's that's a fair one um
2: yeah yeah so next one player of the year
0: Play of the year yeah who do we think i've got the dog of course harland
1: yeah, yeah. i think everyone has him. Yeah, all right. we don't yeah. need to linger too much on that. Yeah.
2: I think what's funny is I actually put KDB, but that was prior to his injury.
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
2: exactly.
0: Uh, yep. all right, next one. Young player of the year. So we've just looked it up and uh, Haaland does qualify. So, yeah, Haaland again, easy. Um, But, yeah, any shouts for outside of that? Um, I got Pakai Saka. Yeah. I just yeah, think he's
1: well. unbelievable little player. Was he 22? Yeah. Yeah. I just just put, insane I
2: I Saka as well Pierce um, yeah I, and he's just class,
1: like he's unbelievable and I mean just that goal he had on on uh what was it Saturday um yeah ridiculous
0: I mean yeah obviously if Arsenal somehow do in the league then yeah he will he'll be the name to do it probably uh yeah martinelli as well
1: uh, yeah I had martinelli in there as well I think martinelli is like still not talked about enough like the way he just ha- has all this confidence now taking players on and yeah, just I mean, yeah, straight yeah, into the yeah, box unbelievable
0: saka, saka has the banger in him that martinelli doesn't quite have in his game martinelli is probably more of like a penalty box winger so he, he does yeah. get the sort of like same like headlines but yeah he's just as you know probably a better finisher inside the box than saka and you know will probably score a very similar amount of goals if it wasn't for penalties so yeah still a very good player
2: yeah, I think um, um, also yeah. worth noting, uh, I think Alvarez is definitely in with a shout there, but the problem is if, if yeah. Alvarez gets it, uh, if I, I, I don't know, if Holland gets the regular player of the year, can he even win the young player of the year? I think
0: he can, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think, I think that's can, also please. possible. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got two names down as well. Colwell, great. He had literally Salah in his pocket at the weekend and probably you know will be the young defender of the year, very likely. I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah. Yeah, for that. sure. Another name, Evan Ferguson. Once he breaks into that Brighton team, we'll be we have a great season. He'll probably break into it. Yeah, uh,
2: I'm excited yeah. for the Evan Ferguson uh, revamp. Yeah, it'll be yeah. good to have him.
0: Okay, um, nice. All right, next one. Surprise team. Who have you got as your as your surprise teams?
1: Um, I guess for me it was I had Spurs, but I don't know exactly if you want. To, you could probably count them as surprise teams. I just think. I mean, two- if you, where did you have them finishing? I have them finishing 8th.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did get yeah, I didn't But I wasn't
1: exactly expected. like trying to pick like your top 6 you know yeah. like cuz we kind of know who that's going to be. And I think Spurs yeah. are still in that iffy mid-table range, but I think but they'll, s- they'll succeed that in being like 8th or 7th or something like that.
0: I mean, if you're saying Chelsea top 4, I'd argue that that in this in this scenario, Chelsea would be the biggest surprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely Chelsea's in that combo, but I wouldn't say. I mean, based on like our spending and everything like that.
0: Yeah that's fair
1: I that's just fair I point just point. bring it back and that's oh, like no matter like say for example we win the league they'll be like oh you spent like 800 million in three yeah, transfer exactly. windows where I like that's fair. okay so then they're just going to hinder that so I would just say surprise is more like we know who the top six teams are most likely going to be unless like Ivan Tony comes back in January and just decides to bag like 35 goals but mm-hmm. like yeah I, I think Spurs are well and well and deserving in that combo. Yeah. yeah um you guys are gonna laugh
2: at this, but I, I I mean I was I guess say my don't, my, don't say my, <laughs> my my three surprise teams are genuinely Bournemouth Forrest and Everton. but, hey. but when I, when I say surprise, I mean that all three are expected to be between or all three is somewhat or at least Forrest and everton are expected to be sixteenth below fifteenth below. Mm-hmm. um and I think both both teams have an opportunity to to push for like an eleventh uh, finish or something like that. Um, maybe luckily top half. I think Bournemouth are probably better set up at the moment. I, I, I do have to say I really like Forrest just because of uh, Johnson, Gibbs, White. They're gonna come into their own this year. They've already had our knee uh, as well. Yeah, our knee as well. Like they've already had a year in the Prem, got adjusted, and now this is kind of their time to to explode, which I can see happening. But the reason I'm gonna go Everton, um I think it's a very well set up team for Dyke. I think we had a lot of small gaps that were big issues last year. Um, and he still managed to kind of get results in. If DCL can stay fit, which is saying a lot, obviously, um, then we'll have a very good chance to be a mid-table side, like just below mid-table, um, just because the bottom, oh. six, the bottom six is woeful, and the difference mm-hmm. between 14th and 11th and 10th is usually only about six or seven points, sometimes even less. Um so I, I can fully expect one of those teams to kind of be the surprise. I'd say everything just because we are expected to be 17th, 18th or something like that. Um and I think we can confidently if if injuries and all that goes goes accordingly, we can confidently be like 13th by by January, February.
0: Yeah, okay. Interesting. So, so I nice. agree with you on Bournemouth. I've got Bournemouth down. And one player I'm going to talk about is and he he's a bit of a recurring theme in my list. Is Dom Solanke because I think he is a such an underrated asset in in for Bournemouth. He's genuinely like guaranteed ten goals a season mm-hmm. and such a good outball, all round play. He's a bit of he's very similar to Isaac in some ways. Great dribbler, tall and athletic. Um, and I just think he's someone that is you know for these sort of teams in, around the mid table can drag you up the league. And now they've got this coach who wants to play open attacking football and they've got a bit more quality around him to supply so yeah I think Bournemouth maybe they'll get a few drubbings against the big teams but against the smaller teams they should they should do a good job and yeah I fully agree with you with Forrest as well I think slightly they do play slightly negative football to not really help the front three but because they're that good and they'll they should are uh, they should you know be very very safe both of them
2: yeah no I, yeah I definitely I like all that. Um, Solanke, I actually, I kind of see him as like the wish version of Tony. <laughs> Even though he's yeah, not that much worse, who, but Tony's over who, at that stuff and Solanke's just very solid at all that stuff.
0: And I think, I think on a side note, I think he'd be a very, very interesting option for Spurs. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could be a good uh, Kane replacement because you said he's, he's a bit of a B tech Tony, uh, which, yeah, I, I agree with. Obviously, Tony's the better player, but I think he does you know harbour the very similar qualities
2: yeah yeah for sure i like that um
0: yeah yeah, so disappointing team actually pierce we didn't get your teams
1: yeah yeah, no my surprise team was tottenham yeah tottenham oh tottenham sorry yeah yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, uh so yeah disappointing teams
1: uh disappointing team uh for me is going to be brentford
0: yeah
1: i just think yeah no tony zero what
0: do you think what do you think is disappointing for them
1: just for them in general, I just think they have no attacking outlook. And
0: as in, like, or what? What league position do you think they'll? I think
1: finish? they'll finish twelfth. Twelfth, okay. Just below tenth, guess- something like that. They'll probably scratch a wee relegation battle somewhere along the along yeah. the line, and then Big Man Tony will come in in January, fully fit, yeah. fresh off a couple bets. You know, like he yeah. he's ready. So yeah, I think I think he'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's fair to say disappointing, but I think twelfth—if they finish twelfth—is still fairly, fairly solid, and they'd happily take that right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, they definitely because what they be finished—they finished finish ninth last, last season. Ninth last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah uh, maybe so, yeah, push yeah, that to fifteen.
1: 12th oh, would be pretty good for them, if I'm honest. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe push that to fifteen then. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's fair.
2: Actually, think, once They could definitely struggle. Thomas, yeah, so, yeah. they could definitely I struggle with yeah. that, Tony. That's all I was saying. Sorry.
0: Yeah, but yeah, no, I think it, we saw against Spurs that they still do have, you know, like, just very good foundation in their team and Thomas yeah. Frank is a good manager. Um, And yeah, I think they still won all of their games when Tony was out last season. So they, they make away without him. Like, but obviously you miss out on their their key man. So it does make things more difficult. I think one team that I've got down, actually we have got to speak about them earlier with relegation teams is Burnley. I think a lot of people are saying they are that team to... Pushed 12th, maybe even higher. Again, you look at their team, their first team, and there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, they, uh, questionable players. Like, I don't know, Nathan Redmond's getting a game for them. Haven't seen <laughs> that guy in years. And yeah, I just don't know how much, how much, uh, I think they'll be in an absolute scrap this season. Not that they'll play bad football, they'll do it the right way, but maybe, maybe they could just scrape survival on the final day, that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I, I, that's definitely fair. Um... The expansive football is definitely going to bite them in the ass a bit where they might have to sort of change their tactics regarding certain games just to scrape points because they're probably not going to do that for the first month or so and then they're going to have to really figure that out because if they get close to the relegations and the pressure just kind of gets put on, on teams. Mm-hmm. um, exactly. Especially teams that just came up. Yeah, My, my disappointed team was Wolves but you know, today was really impressive, I have to say. Um, I I still think without a, a proper strike, I think any team in the league struggles without a striker. And I think it's, per se, if Everton, if like DCL got injured tomorrow for the next nine months, I'd put us in the relegation spot straight away. Um, it's yeah. similar similar walls Wolves where I don't see where the goals come from. And today they had plenty and plenty of opportunity to, to basically find someone. They're just nothing. I mean, even when uh, honestly I was watching Sarabia and Neto cross the ball, and I almost I didn't I almost felt bad like they were playing some awful awful balls. Like the crossing was terrible, I have to say. But I wasn't even I, I don't even think I was sitting there going Sarabia, that's their fault because I didn't see anybody in the box even worth hitting the ball into. Um, there was no good runs. There was no big man to kind of to to hang on to. So if they can, whoever this guy how do you say his name? Kalasnic. Yeah, like if he can come in and maybe and work as an outlet that that brings Cunha, Neto, and Sarabi into the game, who are obviously very decent players, then I can see Wolves being doing all right this season, but they're they're probably gonna yeah. be my sentiment for now. I also Gary Gary O'Neills doesn't instill tons of confidence in a team trying to get out of relegation either.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I guess there'll be more you know what, they could they could fit into that sort of uh Bobby Martinez mode, where they did have a very good manager before, capable of, uh, you know, creating attacking options. But now they're a lot more defensively sound. So they could mm-hmm. fall into that that sort of mini bracket of getting a bit lucky where they have a bit of both. But obviously they can't score goals. So they, they were still very good at creating chances. You can't take away anything from that. Yeah. But yeah, I think they definitely need to get more output from their, from their forwards. And yeah, that's going to be a tough one.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right, so surprise player, this will be a fun one. We'll all get a bit red.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean I spoke about him already a lot. So I've I've said Dom Solanke. Uh I think again, easily easily push over easily break ten goals and probably more, maybe even push twelve thirteen. Uh I think i will have a great season. And then the other two I've got down Madison and Anthony Gordon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I like all those picks. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was going to put Madison in too, but I don't even—I I don't think it's fair to put him. in. Yeah, two.
0: that's what I was—I was, I was saying. Yeah, is that a surprise? I don't know.
2: Um, he's sort of established already yeah, to a certain extent, yeah. but I mean, know, maybe I do, I, put, I do like Anthony Gordon. The fact that he's pushed his way into this Newcastle squad as fast as he has um, is sort of a testament to his ability.
0: I think, yeah, so I put Madison in there not because he's a surprise necessarily himself, but he all surprise in terms of. He'll go to a club, a top six club like Spurs, and still be the main man. I think that's a surprise. And uh, you know, you could you saw everything went through him at at Spurs. He even got the captain's armband when um when Sonny came off. And yeah. I think from Ange, just a huge, huge sort of sign of trust that this is his guy and he's really backed into the system. Uh so yeah, I think it will be a surprise how much of an influence he is. Like obviously, we know he's good. But he'll be that guy for them probably more than Son this season.
2: Yeah, I I can I fully agree with that I think Madison will have a brilliant season. Um, yeah. He'll run that entire attack, and it's probably be one of the better attack, top four attack in the league likely. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same lines, but I thought Madison was not surprising enough, so I didn't pick him. But um, I've mm-hmm. actually gone for Kulisowski, um, who. I don't, I don't think he's going to be racking up crazy amounts of goals and assists, but I'm very, very confident that, um, that I'm very, very confident that he'll be a huge component to that team in creating opportunities. If Richardson's the guy up top, he could also be that surprise player. But realistically, mm-hmm. um, I see Kulsevsky doing really well for Andrew that setup because Kulsevsky is someone that wants to be very, very wide, as wide as possible. Um, not really playing inside the box, trying to get. Uh, trying to hit like very quick shots or anything he kind of just wants to be that creator have his space be able to take on wingbacks be able to use the wingbacks uh overlapping and underlapping with him um so yeah i just think he'll be a, a very good good player for that system and i think he'll have a solid season especially considering last season was not very good for him
0: yeah no i i really agree with Kilzewski. i think one thing that i saw on twitter a lot was i think some spurs fans were a bit frustrated that he wasn't in the game as much because he was a bit forced wide, but I think that's the case that at uh, Brentford, uh, away to Brentford, Brentford's a small a small pitch and it's tough to really widen that pitch. But I think uh, in home games we'll really really see Andrew's, uh system really come into play. We'll see against United, huge pitch, and that's when his his system of width can really really be seen, but can be seen properly by the fans. Yeah,
2: so, absolutely. I yeah. Also like how the the system very uh strict on the roles of each person. It's really easy to predict where they're gonna be, um what their mm-hmm. what their uh key ability in the team is kind of gonna be because we saw that Madison's taking up that half space between the left wing and the striker and also making like runs in behind. But he's basically the facilitator uh, when the ball isn't high enough, and then once it is high enough, he's basically the second striker. Um, and Kulsevski and Son, like Son I don't really get. That's why I think Kulsevski's going to have a great season because Son's role in that end setup I don't think is suits him very well. Um, Son, I don't think he's very good when he's forced to go all the way wide. I think he's better when he's central. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's generally himself is probably going to get uh, a bit frustrated without having multiple opportunities to kind of go at goal. Um, he's going to be facilitating everyone else to get to go, um, which will be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, for sure. I, th- I mean, One thing you say there that now just reminds me, it's like Ange isn't flexible at all with his tactics. Like what he does, he doesn't change anyway regarding the opposition. So it could be one of these things where this season, it could catch a lot of teams off guard because you said like with the players in very defined roles, but they don't really change. Uh, so yeah, this season, it may come as a bit of a shock to some teams, but yeah, I think maybe long-term, He's not like a pet where he'll slightly adapt it to suit his personnel. He's like this way or only. So maybe long term could get some issues is obviously the Prem has some fantastic managers who long term maybe figure out how to how to contend that.
2: Yeah.
1: PS, yes, who's your surprise player? Um, first off, I, well, I have like three, I guess. I mean, one yeah. one was gonna be Lewis Hall, who's gonna go to Crystal Palace, but now it looks like Newcastle yeah. have put something in it's for good him. Job. I think out. if he goes to Palace, he'll play obviously a lot more. Um, and he I think he just offers that side more quality than he would for Newcastle. And then and he's he, he's expected to play midfield at Palace as well, isn't he? Exactly, yes. And I think that's where he thrives the most, uh, apart from like maybe a little bit of like a left mid-left wing position type of thing where he's just roaming yeah. that whole channel. Um, and then the other one that I have is Everettie Eze, I don't know if it says his name yeah. right, uh the palace winger uh had a really lovely goal against Sevilla in preseason. Um, what was it? He had like some insane stats on uh, on opening weekend. So I think he's one that is going to really pop off now that Wolf and Zaha is kind of out of there. And I think he's kind of assumed that role as that forward there. And then the third one I kind of have is just Pau Torres. I really like his game. And I think now that Tyrone Mings is out for a very significant amount of time, he's going to sit in there and they're going to be like, why the hell were we even playing Tyrone Mings to start off with? oh okay okay I'm, I'm going to talk about these other two that you said first so yeah. that you
0: said lewis hall um you yep. know what i think regarding lewis hall i think he was really good at left back like of course yeah. these guys can be midfielders coming through but you look at someone like trent he was a midfielder but he's excelled at fullback when he's coming to you know professional football and i don't think there's any reason like obviously I, I haven't really seen him much in the field so yeah he could surprise me there as well but I have no reason to think that he can't be a top premier not top but he can be a very good premier league fullback um but yeah i expect you know that's a great shout for if he gets good minutes at palace as a i was watching match of the day and he really looks like he's taken that like talismanic role that zaha, uh that zaha left yeah um and he yeah good shout could could become a very important player for them and you know what so you've got pal torres i've got yeah, pal- pal- do. torres down in our next list as our work, one of our worst transfers. Yeah. Um, so you said, you said how he, he'll replace Tyron Tyrone Mings, but I actually think Tyrone Mings is one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, Cause I think he's exceptional. Uh, athletically he is physical, he's insanely quick. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll, this is actually good but with his injury because we'll actually see uh, what he, what, you know, he brings when he's gone, because now you've got, Esri Conza and Paul Paul Torres, who are very similar, both are good on the ball, uh, but I think they're a little bit weak. They're they're prone to just getting a little bit sort of physically dominated by big Premier League strikers, um, and especially with that high line, maybe there there's some issues that they could they could just be burst in behind by some very quick players in the Premier League. So possible yeah. possible issues at the back there that I think obviously yeah could be wrong
1: yeah for sure
2: um you know it's also interesting is that if well ming's is out for a long time um and if they do end up putting concert and power torres kind of together in a partnership um then it'll allow matty cash to be playing wing back pretty much consistently every week which uh for an Emory team where he yeah, does like true. he does like his wing bikes get forward a good amount um it could be really interesting. I, I kind of wrote Matty Cash off a bit this year just because I didn't think Emery fancied him um, in his best lineup. Um, he, he sort of liked having uh, Dinier or Moreno being the attacking one with Concert right back. Uh, but I think that's going to change yeah. not just because of what they've been dealt, um, which would be interesting to see.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah.
2: All right, so worst transfer. We kind of already went on to that. You went on to it a little bit. Lipton.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think one of yeah, as I'll I'll expand a little bit more. So yeah, Paul Torres uh obviously like what he was brought in was his ability on the ball and yeah, fantastic, obviously very good as a ball playing centre back. And but I think I think that would thrive only if he's there with Tyrone Mings, who's there to be the sort of guy who steps out the defense and really, you know, attacks his uh his forwards with aerial jewels and those sort of things. Like I like, I always like a centre back partnership where there's one physical and then one standoff. And I just now think that with Conza and, and Torres, you've got both of them who are both sort of standoffish. And uh, I think that can cause some problems, uh, both a bit too similar. Um, and the, yeah, I think maybe that could cause some issues at the back. We already saw with the high line against Newcastle, they got obliterated. But obviously, Newcastle are very good. So you can take that into account. But um yeah, I just think with both of them they may be a bit too similar that they can get caught out. Uh, and then some other names I've got um uh, James Milner. I talked about him briefly. I just think he's a huge downgrade on uh on Caicedo and and McAllister. Gonna be tough to to you know get to the same levels of last season. Um and you know what? I was watching the Spurs game as well. I wasn't hundred percent impressed by Vicario, the goalkeeper looked a, a little bit shaky at times. And I just think when you had a, a a very affordable price with David Raya, probably what should have just got it done in the end. Just saved yourself the angst. Um and maybe, you know, you never know. But yeah, other other option, roll him and to Fulham. Just not a good striker. He's, he looks like that injury. He hasn't been the same player since his injury, unfortunately. And I just don't I think Fulham could possibly have similar issues where if Mitro continues to not want to play, they, they could struggle scoring goals. And and then I've got two big names as well in here. Uh, I've got Hoyland. Not that he's bad. I love Hoyland. But I think stylistically he doesn't really suit this United team. And I don't back him to get, you know, 15 goals, which United need at striker. I think he'll, he probably won't break 10. It's, you know, again, it's too similar to Rashford where they're, they're making the same runs. Um uh I've got Declan rice down not again, not that he's bad, but is he is he a hundred million? I think again, you're asking for someone to come in and really really get in get Arsenal to compete for the title, and I just don't think they i will and as we said we all think under eighty six points if you bring in all this hundred million pound midfielder, I think you're expecting them to break eighty six points. So yeah, I think that's why I've got him down. Not that he's going to be bad, but it could go down to that sort of Jack Grealish mark. Where was he worth it?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm in the same boat as you, Tom. I had Raul Jimenez as the worst, one of the worst transfers, and then uh-huh. I've got uh silky German Kai Havertz up there. Uh huh. So and I expect that expected as, as expected, and it's been hammered home on multiple pods. So uh-huh. I digress, Thomas.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm. uh I'm with Poe on this one, so I've gone Kai Havertz. I simply just do not see why he starts over a number of people in that starting lineup. Um, this, the, oh, sorry, I'm not going to swear, but it's the stuff I've been seeing on Twitter after the Community Shield was just absolutely embarrassing from Arsenal fans, like talking about Kai Havertz as if he was some deep-lying playmaker that can kind of hold up the ball and bring everyone else into the game from Arsenal. It's just not true in any way possible. Like, he's someone, that thrives, he's someone that thrives in a counter-attack or in a static back line where he can link up play in tight spots. He's not someone that's going to be able to get you out from 50, a 50-yard punt down the field um, and hold up the ball and kind of bring a, a transition going forward. Like, that that isn't him at all. Um, he's also just not a good finisher, so I don't know what he's going to – technically provide in the box that isn't already there through Saka, Martinelli, even the Niketio, whoever else is going to be playing up top at this point. Um I, I mean give I say give it two months, a month and a half maybe. I don't expect him to be starting, at least not starting consistently. 70 million, 65 million will look like an absolute joke in my eyes. Um I think <laughs> this is I think this was a bit of a personal project for Marteta, um, where he uh-huh. wanted he wanted to find someone who could be this midfield to attack transition um who could kind of offer offer a deep deep build up in their own half but also be um someone who's very good with the link up play in 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 the final third um i think kai havertz does fit that bill to a certain extent um but he, all the stuff in between he just does not do well enough and and at the end where he actually has to finish the opportunities so it, He's literally one of those players where it's like all you see is potential, all you see is the opportunity for it to work, and it never does because he doesn't. He lacks so many of the tangibles, and um, I mean, so many of the so many of the intangibles. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll blaze Kai Havertz to the end of the day. I just don't think he's a top football player.
0: Yeah, yeah that's been, it's tough to tough to disagree with uh Havertz, especially after that first game. Arsenal were very uh they're pretty relaxed in the, in a lot of ways, um, uh, especially in the sort of final third. But yeah. Uh how about some unsung heroes? Who have you guys got down?
2: someone Page you want to go.
1: Yeah, I mean I had David Ryan in there, but I don't know if he's going going to Arsenal. So I think he's he offers more than Aaron Ramsdale does. So I, I have him as my number one pick. And then the second one is um now Matthias Kuna after watching that that uh that Wolves game and how he could just like drive through everyone I think he's he's yep. up there for it and then you I shall. would put Levi Cole in there but I wouldn't even say unsung just because he's British and he's a center back and he's wearing John Terry's twenty six so yeah I would put him in there there's just there's just a there's a bunch of them in there so yeah I those are the the big three that I have on my list. Yep. Uh Tom. Uh
2: yes
0: yeah, so I've got unsung I mean he's not exactly unsung but. Bruno G, it's just incredible guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should be playing for Man City or whoever, that team of that level. Incredible player. Um been, you know, very good this season. Oh, last season even and will be this season. The yeah, another name I've got I've got to shout him out. But John McGinn, he'll be playing every start every game for Aston Villa. And if you if you ask any any Aston Villa fan, or or at least what I see on Twitter, they all rave about him. And how, how important he is to the team. And you just don't... He was linked with United a few years ago when he was a bit younger. Now he's definitely not sort of going anywhere. He's Villa captain. He's a bit older. But he's just so important to to everything Villa do right. And he's just a very, very good player. Doesn't really get talked about a lot. Um, and then obviously I talked about Solanke a lot before. think he'll have a good season. Another one, Lewis Dunk. What a player. Honestly, I think he... For a long time, he was he is what people think harry maguire is or he is what um what's his name gareth southgate thinks maguire is mm. just you know he's got very similar physical attributes to maguire but he's so good on the ball and you see it a lot with this derby De team the confidence he has in the ball is incredible and he's probably probably should have been starting for england this whole time but he's a very very good player
2: yeah i like, i like the dunk shout um i've actually i've gone for Bruno G's little partner in crime, but Joe Linton, um, who yeah, yeah. I think he's, gonna taken up, he's taken a massive step in the past year, but I think more recently in the past six months, he's he's really mm-hmm. been able to combine his uh well it was it he was an attacker before, so he's always had those abilities, but he's been able to become very comfortable in the field and now you're seeing a lot more of the attacking output. And I think we'll see a good amount of goals in this end the season, um in all competitions, because they're gonna be playing in a lot obviously, with UCL. Um, but I think he's definitely one of those guys where he could be pushed out of this Newcastle side for a better player. But I don't know if there really is a better player for that spot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to get Joe Linton. I think if Newcastle do really well, as we expect, I don't think he'll get a ton of praise when he probably does deserve it. I mean, I, I, fully, I could see, depending on the tactics that um, Brazil, the Brazil manager plays, I could fully see Joe Linton's being a starter for that Brazil team.
0: Yeah, no, I really, really like that drilling chat. I was gonna have that down, but I didn't want to do Newcastle. But yeah, I think yeah, you were saying to get someone in to replace him, but I don't think I don't think Newcastle fans or Eddie Howard appear it to be that way. I think yeah. every everyone in that club knows how important he is with his energy in the field. Such as such a good player. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Um so manager of the year. This will be an interesting one. Right,
0: manager of the year. Obviously we'll probably all have Pep down, I'm sure I'm sure, but what else? Who's your number two?
1: Uh, I've got Eddie Howe, who rightfully should have won it. What was it two two seasons ago when he came in? Mm-hmm. I would, I have him in there. I just think Newcastle look fantastic every game that they play in, and especially the way that they dismantled Villa uh, on the opening weekend is fantastic. And just I think if he balances European football well enough with them, gets them top four, top three, I I think there's no doubt that he should be in contention for it whatsoever.
0: Uh huh. No, I've got I've got Eddie Howe down as well. I think yeah, Newcastle impressed me so much on the opening day. Not even because it was anything new, because it was exactly the same. That's why I was so impressed. Uh, yeah, nothing think,
1: nothing dropped off. And like even yeah. at the same time, like they brought they had they took off front two to the three wingers, and they brought on what Cal Calm Wilson Calum and Wilson. Harvey Barnes, and they yeah. just looked at like the level like got raised right after that. i like, got to say of the, one of the, one of the things, subs.
0: one of the things that always, always impresses me about managers isn't even like one, like when a, when a good manager has one good season, I think we've all seen like rubbish managers have one good season. It's maintaining standards. I think that's the sign of a, of when a manager is doing incredibly well. And it looks like he, he's maintained that to the exact same degree, possibly even better. So yeah, as, as you said, main, like, Compete well in all fronts, UCL. Hopefully, no injuries, and yeah, I think it. I think you'll be in very, very much in contention for that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I, I think yeah, Eddie Howe's a good pick. I think if I was to pick a top three, it'd be Eddie without Pep. It'd be Eddie Howe, um, Emery, and then my pick would be Pochettino. Um, I think yeah. Ch- I think Chelsea a very solid season. I think they push for top four, maybe even third, third place finish. Um. And yeah, Pochettino doesn't have to worry about anything, but the Prem is, from now now that we've finally seen some transfers come through, he's got a very solid team going forward. Um, his biggest issue is going to be getting the attack, the, the front three kind of running, um, especially without Nkuku. But uh, once that kind of starts, I, I think there'll be no no turning back for Chelsea. I think there'll be a good top top 14, solid top 14 for us, uh, for the Prem this year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want to shout out and Ange as well. Ange Pastakoglou. I hope, I hope he gets to, um, uh, spend some of that hundred mil before the end of the window. If he brings in a midfielder, and possibly a striker, then yeah, I think he could be very. He could, you know, turn this team around and get get a good good season going. But yeah, I don't think he'll win it. I think he'll just have a good season. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
2: My right, worst player. This is a good shout. This will be a bit rogue.
0: Okay, I've got three names down. i talk about. I always talk about how I hate this guy, Anthony. Don't know what he. I just don't know what he offers. Honestly, I have
2: moved my list as well. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I, he, did I did too.
0: I did I genuinely struggle <laughs> to see what he offers. Like every time I watch him, he's 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 just a hundred mil Beyblade is what he is. Like he's not quick in transition. He offers zero in the final third, and. You know, you'll even though this is a very attacking United team, we'll get to the end of the season, there'll be like five goals and four assists, if that. And it's just very, very disappointing numbers when you consider, you know, how many, you know, how, you know, attacking United are. They are an attacking side, it just doesn't pick up any, any. Again, it's like, yeah, you can criticize out the final output, five goals, four assists, but it's like he does nothing outside of that as well. So it's, 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 yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, other other name I've got down Thomas, you all enjoy this name Neil Morpé Dreadful Yeah, I've got
1: Neil Morpé in my list yeah. as well Oh, go on, Tom
0: Yeah, dreadful, dreadful player And actually a bit of an outlandish pick here I've got Jack Grealish So, Ooh. I mean, I think when it comes to him, right I think last season people gave him a lot of um, Gave him a lot of What's the word? They didn't give him a, a lot of Leeway,
2: tonight. got a lot of leeway
0: yeah, got lovely way because uh, City were so would got that treble in the end, but at the end of the day, right? I, th- I think he'll he'll he says at the end of every interview that he has, he wants to improve his goals and assists because there's zero, zero... like we talk. I talked about Anthony, even more so for Jack Grealish. There's zero excuse not to be getting ten goals, ten assists, um, minimum, especially because he seems to be first choice in that left wing, and yeah, I just don't think he'll get close to that and yeah it'll be very very disappointing if he doesn't yeah,
1: yeah i true. mean continuing off your list tom i i mean i had Malpe and anthony and then i had Kepa, but obviously he's now somehow gone yeah. to real madrid i thought he was somehow be-
0: chelsea chelsea sales team are the best that are the best workers in the league
1: you know? yeah we are, are our backroom our yeah. like, what's it called our front our front office with the uh, with transfers is unbelievable we yeah. could you can squeeze Crazy us thing. for all the money in the world but We'll get you to take some Deadwood that is most definitely yeah. not needed. Like they, they could have yeah. gotten De Gea on on for free.
0: Uh, that's true. That's true. But I mean, they expect this guy to. Yeah, that's true. Actually, who do you who would you prefer, De Gea or Kepper? I'd tough rather question. have
2: De Gea. It's a tough yeah. question. Okay. No, I'd rather totally have leave.
1: De Gea. I take De Gea every time. I don't. I don't know why that's even a question. De Gea being a bad keeper is a
2: myth too. It's just ridiculous. Sorry, it, like it's the only reason people say is because he's not a genius with his feet, but. But yeah. beyond everything, bar his feet, he's an unbelievable goalkeeper.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I don't understand how that's even a comparison at this point. Like yeah. Keppa is one long-range shots or a ball coming into the box. His judgment is so 50-50. Yeah. I and at the same yeah. time, he he's he's had he has great close-range shot stopping and stuff like that. Like he what, had like saved the season or whatever it was yeah. against Villa, where he saved those like three shots in a row, but they were all kind of at him. Like let's uh, be yeah, real. Running
0: running out of time, Thomas. Who uh who are, who, are your, who are your names?
2: Uh yes, yeah, so I I mean I don't want to go over this again because I had I had Haberts in the list. Um yeah, uh, I had Anthony in the list, but I'm actually going to go with I I don't know if it'll be an awful he'll be the worst player in the league, but I think Human Son will have a bad season. Um, yeah, I don't good think Andrew fits him. I don't think he'll be able to play the style that he enjoys that he's good at. Um, won't be able to get as many shots on as he wants. And I, when I was watching yesterday, he was kind of just taking people, like being really deep on on the on the sideline, um, and just taking people on, trying to get the ball in from across, or like playing it backwards. It just wasn't, it just didn't look like Son. Um, and I'm also, he's getting to the age where I don't know if he'll keep his keep going in the Premier League. So I think this will be his last year. Um, and I think he'll move to to Germany or something similar to that. Um, maybe even okay. like Audi or something uh, next year, but I think he'll be out the door pretty soon.
0: Yeah, no, okay, that's a good shout. I think that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I think we've definitely got enough content here to be clipping it at the end of the season and uh, sending it to each other about, yeah. about what it takes. So yeah, <laughs> I think that's we'll we'll leave it there.
2: Come back here, Tom. We'll be son eighteen goals this season.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, eighteen goals, eighteen assists. Get, get ready for it
2: yeah yeah exactly okay perfect but yep that's it